The Shulchan Aruch tells us, L'olam kairin parshas b'amidbar kairim atzeres. It's a steadfast rule that we have to read parshas b'amidbar preceding Shavuos. So obviously there's a connection. There's something about parshas b'amidbar which is a necessity for Shavuos, which enables Shavuos. The question is, what is the connection what is this necessity of Parshas Bamidbar to precede Shavuos? The truth is, the Medrash, right in the beginning of this week's Parsha, says as follows, Vaidabar Hashem al-Mesha Bamidbar Sinai, Hashem spoke to Mesha in the Midbar, Umikan Shonu Chachamim, from here the Chachamim learned, Gimel Dvarim Nitna Taira. There are three conditions, three Necessities for Tyra. Ba'esh, Ubamayim, Ubamidbar. Tyra requires fire, water, and desert. And obviously, there needs an explanation. If I light fires or drink or swim in water or hang out in the Sonoran Desert, I will not necessarily become a Talmud Chacham. So the question is what does it mean these three factors are precursors? Necessary for Tyra. So, of course, there's the famous Hezbollah, which is 100% true, that each one of these items represents a necessity, a midah, a trait required for learning. Aish refers to the hislavas, the passion necessary for Tyra. That in order for a person to accomplish in Tyra, he has to take it passionately. It has to be a passion of his. He has to not learn sitting down. He has to learn with a full gusto. He has to be fully involved, committed, passionate. Aish is most definitely a necessary component of success in Tyra. A second necessity is anava. Water is always compared to anava. Water will find the lowest possible place. Water will go to the lowest possible point. And so too, Tyra will find its way to the most humble person. A person who is a Balgaiva, who's haughty and doesn't ask and is self-assured and thinks he's right, is going to find it very difficult to accomplish in Tyra. One has to submit himself. One has to subjugate himself. One has to be mevaza himself in order to get the proper amount of limit Tyra. And of course, a third necessary ingredient in Tyra is histapkos. The relentless pursuit of materialism is inherently a steer to Tyra. If a person is wholeheartedly committed to acquisition, to consumerism and materialism and needing of stuff, he cannot focus properly on learning. A person has to learn to do without the best and the finest in order to make learning something a focus of his life. And that's the that's the Midav Midbar, that a Midbar there are absolutely no creature comforts, and therefore a Midbar represents his stopkos, the three Midas, passion, humility, and Spartan, is three Midas that are necessary for a person to have Hatzlach in learning. With this, by the way, the Gro explains the famous Gemara in Bava Metziah, when there was the huge brouhaha between Rebbe Liezer and the Rabbonan about the status of a certain oven. And it was and it was a huge cause celebre of the time. And it was taken to a vote and Rebbe Liezer lost. 
But before he went down, he called in proofs from certain phenomena. He said, if I am correct, the carob tree, the chruv, should uproot itself and moved. And the chruv obliged. The chruv moved. He said, charov yechiach, let the carob tree show that I'm right. And they said, nope, we don't, we're not impressed by the carob tree. We're not moved. He then said, Amas hamayim yechichu. Let the spring prove that I'm correct. Immediately the spring, rather than flowing downstream, did an about face and flowed upstream. And the rabbi said, nah, not impressed. Finally, Rebbe Eliezer said, Let the walls of my bismedrish come and prove that I'm correct. Immediately the wall started caving in. And the question is, why these three phenomena? Rebbe Eliezer obviously had the power, he harnessed the power to perform nisim. Why did he bedafka pick these three items to perform a nis? Says the Gra, each one of these items represents one of these ingredients necessary in acquiring Taira. The Amas Hamayim represents the Anova. Rebbe Eliezer said, I have the requisite Anova. The Chruv, like we find, the Carib is the simon of not needing Gashmias. Hanina Beni Daile Bekav Chruvin. All I need is a Carib, is a bucket of Carib for a week. That represents the ability to do without the histapkus. And finally, the Kaisle Bes Hamedrash, these very walls that witnessed the passion, the dedication that I've learned, should all be made for me. Says the Gra, Rebeliezer was calling in the ingredients that led to him being a Tamachacham to testify for him. Truly a wonderful pshat. But this doesn't explain Midbar. It seems from the placement of our parsha to Shavuos and the placement of Torah's Niknas be Midbar, it seems that Midbar is preeminent among the prerequisites. It's the preeminent prerequisite. Why is that? What is the pshat? So perhaps we could suggest as follows. We find a very, very interesting stira when it comes to Matan Torah. We know that there were actually two Matan Tairas. There was a Matan Tairah in Parshas Yisrael, and there was a Matan Tairah immediately following that in Parshas Mishpatim. Exactly what each one was is, of course, the subject of Rishonim. But we find one blaring difference between the Matan Tairah of Parshas Yisrael and the Matan Tairah of Parshas Mishpatim. In Parshas Yisrael, it was a solemn, somber, scary event. The nation literally trembled. It was It was with trepidation. And yet in Parshas Mishpatim, it was with Achila Veshtia. Whether or not the food and the rejoicing in Parshas Mishpatim was real physical food or not, but the mood was definitely one of rejoicing. So which one is it? Is Tyra given in utter solemnity or is Tyra given in joy, in rejoicing? Which one is it? The answer is, the Tyra is conveying to us a message that there is no single method of Matan Torah. There is no single method of Kabbalah Satira. There is no single mode of Kabbalah Satira. In fact, the Torah 
demands from us the ability to be opposites. Sometimes the Torah demands from us one extreme, and other times the Torah demands from us another extreme. Most of the time, the Torah, for instance, demands compassion. Tzedakah, maestras, matnas Other times, the Torah demands from us dispassion. When we are in Bezdin, there's several parshas in the Torah dealing with Bezdin. We need dispassionate judges. And sometimes the Torah requires out and out achzarius. Le'sachaya kol neshama. Sometimes the Torah requires compassion. Sometimes the Torah requires achzarius. The Torah requires a person to act situational. So much so that we find in the very act of Matan Torah, polar opposites. In one time we find solemnness. Another time we find joy. Why is this? And that is because the Torah is given in a midbar. A midbar is desolate. A midbar has no agenda. A midbar has no preconceived notions. A midbar has no built-in requirements and built-in necessities. A midbar is a blank slate. The Torah requires a midbar in order to be given. The Torah requires a blank, clean slate ready to accept the mission, mission ready, whatever the mission may be. If today the mission is right, I go right. If tomorrow the mission is left, I go left. Even though the two missions may be self-contradictory, the Torah requires the ability to do whatever is necessary. And that is why Torah has to be given in a midbar. Torah has to be given in a midbar because a midbar represents the ability to do whatever is necessary without any built-in automatic tracks. The Torah is neither. The Torah cannot be confined to any single state. The Torah has to be all-encompassing and mission-specific. And that's why the other nations couldn't accept the Torah. They said Maksivbe. They had preconceived notions. They had pre-arranged agreements. Nope, it won't work with me. And that's why they couldn't get the Torah. Perhaps this is what the Medrash means, that the Torah needs to be given with Midbar Eish Umayim. Midbar is the preeminent prerequisite. A Torah has to be given by Midbar with no built-in Consequent, the Torah can go either way. The Torah can go any way. The Torah is capable. The Torah requires, the Torah demands a person to do whatever the mission may be, even if they are opposites. Eish umayim. The two biggest polar opposites we know, the example, the prototypical opposite is fire and water. That's what it's saying. The Torah requires midbar. The Torah requires a clean slate to be given to enable Whatever it is. If today the Torah wants Aish, it's Aish. If today the Torah wants Mayim, it's Mayim. That's what the Medrash means. Torah is given. Bemidbar? A Midbar allows the fact that it's a desert with no predetermined direction, with no predetermined necessity, it allows for contradictions. Aish today, Mayim tomorrow. And that is Matan Torah.